Hi, everybody. My name is Hafa Lombardino, and this is Translation Confessional. What is the most fundamental tool translators have? Yes, our language. And we must be the grammar and spelling police, not only when we're working on a project, but also when we're communicating with clients or interacting with peers online. We must use our language as well at all times. With that in mind, one tool I've been using for a while now, and I do use it constantly, is Grammarly. I've activated it on my email so I don't make any mistakes when sending a message to a client. I also have it available to me in Google Drive so I can use it when reviewing my students' translations into English or when I'm writing my own articles and brainstorming podcast episodes. And because I do translate into English very often, the premium version helps me keep my last draft sharp and ready for delivery. If you'd like to try out the world's best automated proofreader, visit bit.ly slash tc dash grammar. It's easy to remember. TC stands for Translation Confessional, followed by Grammar. Once again, you can visit Grammarly at bit.ly slash tc dash g-r-a-m-m-a-r. Keep your English sharp. Controversy in subtitling. Squid Game. Let's do something a bit different today and talk about a very hot cultural topic. The subtitles of Netflix's latest trendy show, Squid Game. I'm leaving some links in the episode's description to different articles talking about the subject, but I guess most of you have heard about the controversy by now. Well, once again, translators are on the hot seat because subtitles to a foreign show are being criticized by English speakers. Here's a disclaimer. As of the recording of this episode, I'm yet to finish season one of Squid Game, so I've read through the news with caution not to get into spoilers. I'm watching the English dubbed version because my kids wanted to watch it too. They're okay with the gory theme and can separate fiction from reality when it comes to violence. My teenager actually watches a lot of Japanese anime and gets a lot of the metaphors, which makes me proud of her sociopolitical awareness at such a tender age. And yes, we just skipped one of the bathroom scenes because none of us needed to watch two despicable characters having some sexy time amid the chaos. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Anyway, I'm not watching it with subtitles on at all in any of my languages, Portuguese, English, Spanish, or Italian. It'd be an interesting exercise when I have a chance to get to it 
so I can contrast the different versions, acquire some vocabulary, and make more language connections. What I can say is that most of the controversy started because of a TikToker who identifies herself as a comedian and whose number of followers has six digits already. She decided to criticize the English subtitles, saying that they were not true to the dialogue in Korean, which is a language she also speaks. One of the main examples she gave was when a character says, What are you looking at? in Korean. But the subtitles in English simply showed, Go away. It actually matches what we heard in the dubbed version, and personally, I don't feel like I missed anything. The character was giving someone a dirty look. They were kind of close to one another, and when we heard, go away, in English, it was pretty clear that she was bothered by the person close to her, staring at her. We can have a lengthy conversation about the differences in emotional charge and demeanor between what are you looking at, which is more defiant, and go away, which could be interpreted as the character feeling threatened. However, besides subtitles and dubbing, we also have visual cues when watching a movie or a series. In that context, I don't really feel I was losing much between these two options. Actually, I just thought of a third option, which would be get lost, and it has only one extra character compared to go away. Before we continue, I wanted to tell you about Better World Books. It's a great website to search for new and used books in several categories. You can find textbooks about translation, interpretation, and languages, as well as translated and original fiction and nonfiction. Some deals qualify for free shipping, which can really come in handy when you're on a budget. If you'd like to check out Better World Books, go to this webpage, bit.ly slash tc dash bwb it's easy to remember tc for translation confessional and bwb for better world books once again the webpage is bit.ly slash tc dash bwb hope you like it as i was talking about the subject here at home My son was curious and wanted to know why the subtitler messed up so badly. So I had to explain to him that it wasn't a mistake. It was simply a matter of adaptation and doing what's best for both the context of the show and the restrictions you have to work with as an audiovisual translator. I've already talked about how subtitling is not all fun in games, and it's a very restrictive kind of work. Check out Season 1, Episodes 31 and 32. Subtitling work and behind the scenes in subtitling. Also, if you're interested in subtitling, check out the webinar recordings I have available on my website. I'm also leaving the links here in this episode's description. And to all the critics out there who have never worked as subtitlers, whether you are a translator or simply a bilingual individual, I dare you to watch my technical aspects webinar and keep saying that subtitling is easy and you can do better, okay? Well, to try to wrap it up, I just wanted to say that most of the controversy created by the bilingual TikToker was actually very misleading, which makes me wonder if she just wanted to capitalize on it and get more followers due to her professional aspirations, you know? 
In any case, she says she's a comedian, so this could all be a big joke, right? What I mean by it is that someone else on Twitter had to school this TikToker because her complaining was completely out of place. So maybe the joke is on her. Haha. <laughs> she was complaining about go away not being a suitable translation for the more literal translation. What are you looking at? It turns out she had the wrong subtitles in English turned on all along while watching the show on Netflix. The TikToker hadn't turned on the actual English subtitles, which stay as close as possible to the original dialogue, albeit within the character limitations, reading speed, frame counting, and shot changes imposed by the technical side of subtitling. What she turned on was the closed caption subtitles instead. This different subtitle track is made available to people watching programming whose audio is in English. That's why it's called closed caption. And due to the nature of this kind of subtitle, the words you see on the screen match the audio, which in this case refers to the dubbed dialogues. I am not an expert in dubbed dialogues at all. I'm strictly a subtitler and a voiceover talent, and I cannot act my way out of a paper bag, so I don't do any dubbing either. What I do know is that dubbing requires a translator to adapt the dialogue to the actor's performance. In other words, it takes into consideration all the inflections and requires some syllable counting to match the length of the original audio. So, when the character said, What are you looking at? In Korean, she only used a couple of syllables in her language. That direct translation would not match the audio length. So the translator in charge of the dubbed version did a good job, in my opinion, by translating it as go away instead. And the actress who dubbed the English version was great too, because as someone who's simply enjoying the show as a spectator, I got to enjoy the mean girl attitude of the Korean actress dubbed into a language I can actually speak. Isn't it wonderful that we have translators, interpreters, subtitlers, and voice talent who can help us have access to content in other languages? Otherwise, Squid Game could only be enjoyed by an audience that speaks Korean, and it would have never be the smashing hit it deserved to be in its own right. Okay, one last note. The name of the show became Round Six in Brazil, and maybe in other countries too. We can see that Round Six is something mentioned in the series, so it's great that they pulled something from the actual plot when adapting the title. Otherwise, the show could have become controversial in Brazil for an entirely different reason. The literal title would have been O Jogo da Lula. And if you don't know anything about Brazilian politics, let me just remind you that Lula is a nickname of Luiz Inácio da Silva, who was the president of Brazil between January 2003 and December 2010. Don't even get me started on why Brazilians would have flipped out about O Jogo da Lula as the title of Squid Game in Portuguese. That would be the subject for a political podcast not a translation one. 
send me an email at rlombardino at wordawareness.com or leave a voice message on my anchor page. If I get enough feedback and voice messages, I can go back to the subject and post a special podcast episode with everyone's opinion on this very same theme. By the way, my anchor page is anchor.fm slash translation dash confessional. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay tuned for weekly episodes and subscribe to Translation Confessional through your favorite podcast app.